I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. You've got to open your heart. Well, number one, he's one of the elite offensive players in the game. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show. I'm Daily News columnist David Murphy, joined here by Mike Sielski after a bit of a hiatus from the <laughs> podcast. And our trusty producer, Jonathan T. Tannenwald. Also after a hiatus from the podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. right. Um, so we're here. We're in a new uh, new location. And Mike Sielski is back from Houston, Texas, where he chronicled your villain of Wildcats. Can we call this the first championship edition of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show? Uh, Although I, I, I'd like to think every edition is a championship edition of this podcast. Well, you know, I guess mind over matter. <laughs> um, yeah, so the villain of Wildcats. And we're, we're going to, you know, I guess the one thing I'm curious about is what is this team's legacy with, with regards to the overall hierarchy of Philly sports? You know, 20 years from now, when we look back, you know, where does this team stand as you know, compared with even say the 2011 Phillies, you yeah. know, uh, but Mike, the thing I'm actually most curious about is what was it like to be in that building? Uh, kind of set the scene for us because that was a crazy, I was sitting in a rock bottom brewery in Cincinnati, Ohio, hmm. where apparently opening day is like Mardi Gras for that town, which is, it, it was a, it caught me off guard. So all of the bars in the town were packed with intoxicated Midwesterners and <laughs> the we, best kind. Yeah, um, I but they're very they're very difficult to to be around when when you're sober. So we went to um, Rock Bottom Brewery, a local chain uh, favorite in Cincinnati. It is. No, it's not. It's a uh, in Indianapolis. It is. It, actually, it, it's a uh, yeah. It's a, it's a it's like an Applebee's glorified Applebee's. But anyway, so we we watched and there were some Philly, there were some Philadelphia fans in in there and and it was crazy and uh, I was looking for you on TV and I couldn't find you so where were you and right. what was it like inside that 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 dome? Sure. Well, the, the, we were talking about this before the podcast. It's one of the the great mysteries of the NCAA and the final and covering the Final Four is where if you're a sports writer, where are you going to sit? And uh, um, it's kind of random in in a way. So I was in uh, one of the end zones. Um, Behind the the basket that Villanova was defending in the second half, um, defending in the second half, excuse me, no shooting at in the second half. Um, so you so the shot the winning shot was coming towards you. It was coming towards me, yes. And left to right on your radio dial. You got it. And what um, the atmosphere in general was pretty great. It was very tense uh, because it was a terrific game. Uh, you know, it's. North Carolina, it's Villanova. There's some of that generally anyway. Michael Jordan's in the audience. He's, you know, they're hanging out with Craig Sager and, and Stephen A. Smith and all that stuff. So the, the building was was pretty alive anyway. And then to have Nova come back and take a 10-point lead, to have North Carolina come back and tie the game, and just as a kind of a mini uh, anecdote here, when Marcus Page hit the three, the, the double clutch three pointer to tie the game, which was a ridiculous shot, crazy shot. Four point seconds left, boom, he ties it. Um, fans had been given what I think were seat cushions that had the design of a basketball mm -hmm. on them, so they were kind of orange, you know, giant frisbees basically. And a lot of Carolina fans either threw them up in the air or threw them toward the court. So at this point, just to kind of set the scene from my perspective. With 10 minutes to go... How I, far behind the basket are you? Like, from the baseline? I'm, like, 
probably 100 feet behind you're, behind the, you're behind the students, right? Yes, I'm behind the so students. So are you standing? Are no, you, I'm Are sitting. you elevated? I am, I am elevated, but I'm sitting with my laptop in front of me, connected to the internet because I'm writing. It's deadline. Right. And with 10 minutes to go, I decided I got, I'm just going to write Ryan Archie Diacono with, because I have to pick something and I don't, I have to file with the gun or five minutes afterwards. And so I'm writing this whole column about Ryan Archie Diacono, who has played brilliant up to this, brilliantly up to this point. And then in the final three minutes commits a turnover and is part of North Carolina coming back and now tying the game. And running a column on deadline is quite difficult, especially when the, <laughs> when the outcome is in doubt, because yes. I mean, so, 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 so just a, a little inside baseball stuff. What, what was your deadline? Uh, literally five minutes after the game ended. Okay. So what time was it when the game ended? Uh, what was it? It was almost, almost pretty close to 1130, 1145. It was about 1135 so, so by the Eastern end, time. end of the game, you know, by the time that shot goes in, you need to have something written that is malleable enough that yes. can be crafted if Villanova, if that shot doesn't go in or if it does go in. Now I will say this once the shot went in. I screamed, I believe, what was it, a 10 or 12 letter expletive um, that probably had the other people sitting around me thinking I was a huge Villanova fan. I doubt you were the only one doing I, that. I'm sure, I was, I'm sure I wasn't, but it was mostly because I'm thinking the game's going to go to overtime um, and I'm going to have to change what I've written because most of what I've written is very positive about Ryan Archidiacono. Uh, and then... One of the seat cushions comes flying out of the air and literally lands on top of my laptop. Free seat cushion. Nice. Free seat cushion. Jackpot. Uh, and I have a cup of coffee. Don't say the NCAA didn't ever give you any. Yeah. I have a cup of coffee next to my laptop, which literally bounced up and down in the air, landed again, landed in place, and splashed a, just a little bit of coffee on top of my laptop. Oh. So between that... That would have been a... And then Chris Jenkins that would have been hitting worthy the of shot. An yes, yes. Chris Jenkins hitting that shot so that I could keep everything I had already written and then in five minutes just tweak it. Like, were the two, two of the bigger miracles I've ever experienced in my professional life. So, um, Chris Jenkins, to be there to see that, it, it's in terms of a singular moment, um, I don't know that I'll ever top that in my career. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's ever been topped in the history of Philadelphia college basketball. I mean, just as a, a moment, a single play. To think that for most of the existence of the Big Five, the most famous shot in Big Five history was in what its first or second season, Steve Donchus in the Holy War game. Yeah, yeah. And only you got to go you know, all the way right. back. Yeah, you so know? you're going back, man. But and, and there have been some very good Big there, Five there, games there, over the years. But the shot of all shots was always presumed to be that one. By the five five percent of people who care, but yes. only yeah. now has it has as you I've wrote never heard the, the of greatest any of the shot. Word, I've never heard of any of the words that you just said. Well, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know. There's probably there's probably five percent, like maybe five percent of the population what, likes the big true. five enough to know that Steve, what's his name, but, conscious. But if if if, if like who did he play if, for? I don't even know. He played for Saint Joe's. Okay. Yeah. If if and he hit the shot against Villanova in what I think was the first or second Holy War game. What year is this? What year is this? Nineteen. 50 something okay. yeah but this but to write as you wrote the greatest shot in philadelphia college basketball history which it was you got to be able to say that and back it up as i as i as i knew you could do because not everybody could say that in a column well look. Whoa, 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 whoa. let's go back to inside the building because yeah. I'm, I'm i'm not i wasn't there and i'm just i was actually curious about this like what percentage of the the the, the stands what percentage of the audience the 
spectatorship. I don't, why can't I come up with the crowd. word? Crowd. Crowd. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day, and it's only half over. Uh, what percentage of the crowd was Carolina? What percentage of the crowd was Villanova? What percentage of the crowd was like corporate mucky mucks who don't really care? Looked like th- I would 40, say 30 in the rest. And then maybe. what? And then That's, how? How did the reaction go? Because if you're at if that takes place in the Dean Dome, the Dean Dome's silent, and like the only thing you're hearing is like. Mike Sielski yelling is expletive. Whereas, <laughs> and if it happens in Villanova, the whole place is just going bedlam. crazy. And I, I'm just I, curious I think what John, it's like for, in a dome. 40, 40 Carolina, 30 Nova, 30 the rest. I think John's got the proportion right. There were more Carolina fans there um, because there are just more North Carolina alumni. Uh, but Villanova was well represented. So I, that's kind of the breakdown I would I would give. It would be 40% North Carolina, 30% Villanova, 30 to 35%. But I mean, what was, the, what was the sound like? The sound was loud. Okay. The so sound was, was loud. Okay. Because not only oh, yeah. was... The, everybody was. Yeah, not only were the Villanova fans and alumni going bananas, not only were all the neutral observers going bananas, right. you know, positively like, oh my gosh, I just saw right. this incredible ending. The Carolina fans... Were I mean I I got the sense that the villain that the most silent people in the building were the Villanova players and coaches right because they were just they were like we can't believe this and we're stunned in the silence well, the Carolina well, yeah. fans were like oh my god no yeah I yeah, mean like, like in the, in the Rock Bottom Brewery <laughs> it was bedlam yeah and then, like it was like probably twelve there were like f- eight to ten guys in like Philly's attire sitting at the bar and we were in a booth. And most of the people were probably neutral observers like us. And then there was this one guy who was like talking to the TVs the entire time. He was not a Villanova alum. I asked him. He was just from Philadelphia. No, he was like he was like first naming the players. Like, come on, Chris, come on, hit these free throws. You know, like this this little guy sitting at the table. But so that was like the. But when it when it when the shot went in, when both shots went in, it was just. uh, (laughs) I mean, everyone was just like, uh, like yelling. In what, react, what, reactive disbelief. What, what added to the atmosphere, quite honestly, was, was the fact that as soon as Jenkins hit the shot... I was shot, about to say that, yep. The fireworks went off. Yeah, I mean, like, the streamers came down right away. Right away, which, thank, which thank is God interesting it, because God. they had to check to make I sure... Silent, I was like, but the silent guy, the other silent guy in the building was the guy who pushed the button. Yeah. Because if... We all knew, I think, instinctively, when we saw Jenkins get the shot off, we knew it was going to count. If somehow it hadn't, yeah, he's in big trouble. Yeah, he really is. Um, Dude, that streamer guy was waiting all week for that. He moment. was, he was, and but that added to the atmosphere is that you know you have the popping of the fireworks and the roar of the crowd and Jenkins standing there, you know, not jumping up and down, not reacting like a big you know like a school kid, like right. flexing his arms and like I knew that shot was going in. I mean that that to me. Everybody's talking about Jay Wright, and and rightfully so, for the bang comment and kind of the placid way he reacted. Jenkins' reaction to me was so boss, you know, just like, I knew that shot was going in. And I I, I can't help thinking, and and Jay will never ultimately tell us this until a book is written someday. Mm Mm-hmm. I looked at him and said he's having some kind of out of body experience. He just doesn't know. I honestly, you know, you know what I honestly think part of it is, maybe not entirely. I think part of it is it's shock. Yes, a shock. B He's in coach mode, and him being in coach mode he is thinking— He thinks it's going overtime. A, it's thinking, thinks it's going overtime, and B, now that it didn't, there's a part of him that's thinking, I've been in Roy Williams. Wh- yep. What would I be thinking if mm-hmm. I were Roy Williams right now? And I don't want to be, you know, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm and the he, adult. He does I'm that. not going to be jumping up and down. He, he is that way. He, yeah. That's not some facade that he would put on. That is how he is all the time. Yeah. He goes, he'll go and say, as he did to 
Tracy Wolfson on CBS after the Oklahoma game. We've been on that side of it before, and they yeah. have been on that side of it before. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure what, what – I mean, think about the psychology – the thing, things going through his mind. So first, I mean, I, that shot was not clean out of the hand. It was not pure. So the first thing he's thinking is like, oh, snap. Like, yep. he's like you saw Chris Jenkins kind of trying to lean it into mm-hmm. the – you know, kind of snuck inside the crossbar to use the football analogy. So, like – in a span of like two seconds, Wright's going from we got we got the shot off to uh, it's not going in to oh my god it went in turn around did it get in before the buzzer went yeah, off and then he's just like yeah. and the streamers are coming down and it's just kind of like like a bomb exploded yeah like how can you have com- complete control of your emotions yeah and know he, what you're doing what's interesting i mean the the, the he didn't have compl- that's what i'm saying right. he did not yeah, have right, complete exactly. control that, in- that, that's what people look like when when that's like what a, a world war one soldier looks like when yeah, a, exactly. when yeah. A, no, exactly when it, it's a mortar explodes it's interesting how images get formed in the aftermath of something like that too like his standing on the sideline and saying the word bang out loud became this this thing, this meme immediately afterwards where it's like, he's so cool and right. he knew Jenkins shot was going in. And it's just like, bang, like I did yeah. it. Like I designed the play. I got the kid in the right spot and bang, cold blooded kind of thing. But he told, I don't think so. but he told Nicole Auerbach from USA Today later that night that he, he says that in his head every time Jenkins shoots, mm-hmm. he didn't, he said, I didn't even realize I'd said it out loud. Um, and it's more of like a hopeful thing. I yeah. Mean, it's like, yep. I mean, it's like, the only pro- the only thing is, it just happened to be at that right moment, and it happened to go in. Like right. He, he would. He's probably said that on a million ones that don't go in. Too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so. All right. So all right. So the weirdest thing about the rock bottom brewery, I, I'm gonna, you mm-hmm. know, I'm gonna latch on, leech onto your your glory here because the rock bottom brewery was. I was I was watching at home on, on the my list couch of places, live chatting the game, so I had no entertainment but myself. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like. Reliance Stadium. Mm-hmm. If you were not Reliance Stadium, you wanted to be at the Rock Bottom Brewery in Cincinnati. So <laughs> the weirdest thing about it was, so after everyone goes crazy, the shot, like the two shot, because the, the thing that made the shot even crazier was the was the paid shot beforehand. Right. Yes, right. and just like the the none of these guys had any emotions inside of them because they didn't really like know and what Jay was going Jay on. Jay didn't call timeout, did he? No, no, he did not. But um, no, he did. He did call timeout. He did yes. all right. Yeah, um, but. Uh, where was I? Oh, so the rock bottom. So everyone's then like everyone just kind of has the same reaction that everyone on the court had. Like, oh my, like what the heck just happened? Did that just happen? And and then like as everyone celebrate, like like probably a minute later, as everyone's celebrating, the entire the entire uh, rock bottom brewery just starts like like golf clapping, like at the credits after a movie that mm-hmm. some people clap at. It was like the strangest thing in the world. Everyone just started like politely applauding, <laughs> like after like as as like as if like yes. You know, great yeah, movie. You just watch Spotlight or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, so Houston, Houston's a weird town. It's like very spread out. It is. Very, it is. uh, I'm, I'm going to ask, ask this because I've been to, I've not been to Houston. I have been to Dallas. I've been to Indianapolis more than once, although not for an NCAA tournament. Is there any difference when you're covering one NCAA tournament to the next, to the next, to the next? I mean, everybody says it ought to be in India and New Orleans all the time. There, there is in this sense. This is true of big events. Um, Super like Bowl too. I Super imagine. Bowl, yep. Final Four. Um, I would imagine uh, college football's national championship game. There are certain cities that because of geography, because of the layout of where the stadium is, where the hotels are, where the bars and re- where the downtown and the bars and restaurants are, that you feel the energy of the event 
in the days leading up to it. That's why uh, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and from what I've heard, San Antonio are so highly regarded for events like this um, is because, for instance, with Indianapolis, everything is within a square mile. There's um, Lucas Oil Stadium. There's every hotel. There's every hotel. There's St. Elmo's. There's all the bars and all that. And the downtown becomes the event for the days leading into it. Same thing with New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans, everybody knows it's a party all the time. And then you add the, the, the Super Bowl or the Final Four or National Championship game, it even intensifies. Houston, you did not feel that un- unless, with certain exceptions, like they had a concert, you know, a Final Four concert series over a couple of days with like Fallout Boy or something like that. Um, but because the city is so spread out and because NRG Stadium is literally, at, you know, 15 to 20 minutes outside the downtown, you did not feel that energy in the way you would in another state, another city. I've, I was there last summer with the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Vancouver is a magnificent city for a tournament championship final of a major sport as the World Cup was. And it was flooded with people in the stadiums right downtown on the waterfront and everything. But in Winnipeg, where the U.S. played their first two games, which is it's like Minneapolis or Syracuse or someplace like that, except the stadium is 40 minutes south of downtown. Minneapolis is a good town. Yeah, I've, I've heard many, is, yes. I've heard I've, it. it it is. It is now, but it wasn't always. All the indoor walkways and stuff like that. I mean, Winni- Amer- America wasn't always settled. I know, but like Win- Win- Winnipeg is the same way with all the, everything's connected indoors, so nobody's outside. Yeah, but, but Minneapolis in the summertime is oh, gorgeous, yeah. um, and it, it'll handle a big event. It'll be similar to Indianapolis, where you can you don't have to go outside necessarily, you know. And if you do, it's it's for a brief moment, um, and it's it's got good places to go good culture so you know when the super bowl comes to minneapolis it'll in the new stadium it'll be good i think so so we're not going to do the we're not going to do the whole argument over uh, if this counts as a philadelphia sports championship well not, right? I, I was going to say this earlier if it's going to count as a championship podcast then i think it's going to count as a philadelphia sports championship i mean whatever like it, 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 I'm, I'm in favor of the parade and it, that's just I think we'll get into part of the underlying argument with the parade in a few minutes. I don't think there is an. I think it's a silly. I think it's a silly thing to discuss. I mean, I put. I know why people are against it. Why? What do you mean against what though? Like define what? What is it? They are against giving Villanova the recognition. What? Rec- but we're talking in abstract terms here. Like what? What recognition? Like the soul got recognition, but it doesn't. You know, like the soul had a parade down Market Street. Well, and the caucus of people who are against Villanova in a parade, most of whom I suspect have ties to Temple, um, would say that the Soul are a Philadelphia team. I don't think so. Because they I don't play think, in Philadelphia. I, think I, I don't that's think most the, people even know the Soul still exists. But it's, it, it, no, but that's what you're saying is that's the excuse for making a pedantic and ridiculous yes. argument. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Well, that's, it's like saying the Giants aren't a, aren't a New York team because they I, play right, in New right. Jersey. I have heard more criticism, angst, annoyance, Whatever. I have a friend who went to Temple who lives down in D.C. who's probably listening to this podcast who said it was the worst moment. Of, now, he's not a Phillies. He's not an, excuse me, he's not an Eagles fan because he, he grew up in Reading. His family was not from there. Mm-hmm. He's a Redskins fan. He's not an Eagles fan for some reason, but he's a huge Phillies fan. And he's, I saw him post on it. He's, he's a Pottstown. Uh, Pot, I, I saw him post on Frank, Twitter. We got to get Frank Fitzpatrick. There's yeah, a right. Pot, there's there's a, a, a Maroons. Yeah. Pottsville. Pottsville. Pot, a, Pottstown. Maroons, Pottsville. He's a Pottsville Maroons he, fan. Yeah. He wrote, it was the worst moment of his sporting life since Joe Carter's home run. And I said, come on, dude. To see Villanova win the national championship? In that fashion. And I, I just said, come on. Come on. That's, yeah. I, you know, if, and and I, I put it out there 
before the Carolina-Syracuse game was over. No offense, he, your friend leaves, if he's listening, I will say this to his face, you lead a miserable life if that's the worst moment of your sporting life. Well, I mean, he's life. listening to he this leaves podcast. A, he, lives, so he lives a far better, <laughs> in, in, 99 million, in 99 other ways, he leaves a far better life than I do. But it's, anyway. I mean, the, think about, I mean, think about what type of person we're talking about. He's sitting at home listening to this thing. I didn't say he was sitting at home. I said he was listening. Well, he's, I mean, listening to it. Like that's No, I, I agree with that. There's like checklists that that's like number yeah. one. So I, I want to ask Mike this. About your Jay Wright column, but wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let's 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 yeah. stay on this thing because I, I still don't understand like what it's jealousy. No, 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 no. I don't even understand what we're arguing about. Like it, it either matters to you or it doesn't. Like there's no like Philadelphia book that like people get their name carved into. You know, like again, like the soul had a parade down Market Street and they won a championship, but nobody could tell you. Right. And right. I think that like like I mean, look back then. It's a silly discussion to me because. Uh, like we already had, we already know, we already know, we've already ha- we already we've already seen it. It was 1985. They won, and they're doing the and almost every- same parade route this time that they did then. Right, right, right. But my point is, is like, you know, nobody, nobody, when the Phillies won the World Series, they weren't like, oh, you know, this this thank God, you know, it's been since Villanova, you know, it's it was since 1980, you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I think there was some since Villanova. I also think you live in a weird little world that college basketball matters. And well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, I mean, that's, I mean. No, no, no. But when it gets to this point and so many people are paying Wait, attention. What I'm saying is, like, all right, so who's the starting five on that Villanova team in 85? Eddie Pinckney, Harold Pinkney. No, 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 I want to hear Tanner Walton. Oh. I was two years old. Okay. So my yeah, but, I'm, but, okay, but you could probably answer who was on the Pink, 1980 Pink. Phillies team. No, I didn't. I'm, but that's not a function of anything other than what he might be interested in. Right. I'm just saying what is the leg. What I'm saying is I'm interested in what the legacy of this team is because. And I'm not sure I would have been able to name every 1980 Philly if I had grown up here. Not every Philly, but I, I, I oh, my, my only, What's your, what, what are you getting at? My only point is that, like, it's a nice story. Like, everyone can be happy about it. And then we can go back to caring about the Eagles and Phillies. I'm with you, but it's. Well, look, I, I think it's I think that what you're saying is a function of what Philadelphia is as a sports, right. generally speaking, as a sports city. It is a pro sports town for reasons that, you know, are probably deep seated in some regards, in part because uh, the there are so many college basketball teams that the fan base is dispersed. There's not one team to get behind. It's rare anymore to find uh, a highly urban area that gets behind college basketball or college football. There aren't that many of them that do. And look at New York. New York's not a college basketball town in any meaningful sense nope. either. Nope. Um, Boston's not. Boston's not. Washington, D.C. isn't. Chicago's those, not. Those are pro sports towns. It's almost like a red state, blue state thing. You can make the argument. Um, so that's the issue. I, in terms of the legacy and what we're going to remember and talk about, I honestly, I personally think that the way the run ended with Jenkins shot yeah. – will preserve it in people's minds for a lot longer than oh, they otherwise oh, yes, would have. Absolutely. Like if like if Villanova had been it's kind of a weird irony. If Villanova had been more dominant in beating North Carolina Monday night, if they had won by ten or fifteen points or just eight points, whatever, and clearly won the game, led from beginning to end. Or by four without a buzzer beat. Right. Then people would go, Hey, this is great. This is this nice thing to get up fired up about. Um and It'll go away, and we'll be worrying about whether the Eagles move up in the draft to draft Carson Wentz. I think it will have more staying power now because of the yes. way yeah. it that's, ended. That's my whole point. So, which is why my whole point that the argument, whatever argument this this like does it count mm-hmm. argument is just it's not even really an argument because uh, look, 
the thing about the 2008 when people talk about the 08 Phillies the, the 1980 um, Phillies Phillies the the 83 whatever Sixers, 83 whatever. Sixers the 80 Eagles you know Buddy Ryan's Eagles they talk about teams like teams that they lived and died with for six months of a mm-hmm. year and that and that living and dying ended up paying off in this like yeah. huge way and you felt like you won the World Series like everyone talks about the Phillies as in like you know oh, do you remember you know do you remember where we were like that whole mm-hmm. October like hanging on everything yeah. yada 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 Villanova is just not that team right and I would agree with that like the the I mean you can even scientifically you know suggest it by looking at our traffic numbers on philly.com you know like there was probably a huge I mean I know this there was a huge spike in traffic the day of the game and after the day after the game but in like the weeks leading up to it it was still like Carson if you had Carson Wentz in a headline mm-hmm. it would it got more traffic than Ryan Archie Diakonis yeah you know? it's probably and, look it's probably closer to the Smarty Jones experience exactly. of 2004 that's perfect than it's a it moment the Eagles of Super Bowl run of 2004 it's a moment more than a team and that's why I think the whole argument about whether it counts is just like it doesn't even I don't even understand it because of course Villanova either counts as that team to you or it doesn't. Right. And to me, it doesn't count. And to most people did not live and die with this Villanova team, you know, throughout the regular season, all the way through the tournament. They didn't really probably catch on until, you know, maybe even the championship game. Same thing with Smarty. No, 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 not people who are against it. Just people who are casual sports fans. Yes, in the, that in the I region. agree with. What I'm saying is that you can't like the, the whole argument is just it, it solves itself into of irrelevancy of course because does. this wasn't that like it either was that team to you or it wasn't and for the most people it wasn't that team whereas in the 1980 Phillies 2008 Phillies so like count like counting I don't I just don't like I don't understand what I, I, I agree it's not it's not the it's not the title that that matters to people it's the experience and like it just wasn't I mean it was it either either was an experience for you or it wasn't I'm with you and I think Mike and I are both with you in a lot of ways but my 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 one point to close it out is there's some merit in calling out the people who are against it to figure out why they really are. But, ag- that's, but that's against what? Against against giving them the recognition of, of quote unquote, spending $6,500 in taxpayer money or whatever it's going to end up being. Well, I would argue Villanova should pay for it. They're paying for all but $6,500. Right. Well, I would rather, I think, it, I think they deserve it more than the Pope. But that's another <laughs> argument. I'm not getting into that argument. It's not my area of expertise. Yeah. I do. Uh, here is an area that is of my expertise. We'll be, uh, we'll be the as ju- is yours because we'll be you wrote a column about him, Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. And you wrote about, I've wanted to bring this up on this show ever since you wrote it. I don't think he's going anywhere. And the reason why I don't think he's going anywhere is because he has achieved a rare accomplishment in addition to winning a national championship which is genuine happiness in his life. He's working hard. He has fallen. He has had his struggles as Villanova's head coach. He has had his battles in terms of figuring out who the right guys who he wants to have on his team as a matter of principle, whether or not he wins a national championship. And he has gone and won a national championship. And I don't think, he, I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think it says something that he has the self-awareness to know how good he has it. And to be very wary of giving that up just to chase, is it money? He's got plenty already. Is it? Does he? Fa- oh, yeah. $7 million is a lot more than $2 million. He, yeah. By his standards, I think he's got. See, I think you're, look. 
I think you're going to a dangerous place when you try to crawl inside the guy's head. And yeah, his well, he said it in the last couple. Yeah, I know he said it. Um, and I think, but the point yeah, is, if somebody if somebody came to you like and said Jonathan Tannenwald, you may love whatever job you're doing. You may love it with all your heart, but I'm going to give you a 500% raise. There's a good chance that you would consider it. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, or, I mean, that, or that's you the might difference. say, like the Butler coach. People might have said the same thing about the Butler coach, and then Boston threw some money in front of him. And- yeah, and the, and the other part too is, you know, the challenge of something new and bigger, and you can't argue that the NBA isn't bigger than college basketball. So the question becomes: Yeah, Jay may recognize how good he's got it, and I honestly think that I think you're right. To an extent, I think you're being a little um, idealistic about it because I think it goes. I think what you're describing. See, that's goes, the difference between me and you. You're diplomatic, and I'm not. Yeah, I would have said <laughs> what you were about to say and say naive, but you said you you stopped yourself and you said idealistic. Yeah, see, that's like I'm I'm, well, I'm, here's, I'm fine I with being idealistic. I hope I'm fine with being idealistic. I hope I'm not about naive because I know the guy somewhat. But I, look, I th- I think what the the dynamic you're describing stops him from going to Kentucky or North Carolina or yeah. Duke. I don't think it stops him from going to the Brooklyn Nets or the L.A. Lakers um, or the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers only because I think he would fit. That's a basket case in a lot of ways. A, that. B, I think he and his wife would like living in L.A. or New York. He loved They loved living on Long Island. Um, and I think if he got the chance to coach the Brooklyn Nets, it, was something, it would be something he would think about. Now, look, this is – I didn't write that. He's going to leave Villanova. I got a lot of negative feedback on this column because for people can't read, and they thought I was writing. Well, they went to you, Villanova. You were trapped by your headline a little bit. I didn't really want to say that publicly, but I think I have to. Um, people thought I was writing whether Jay Wright wins the national championship or Villanova wins the national championship or not, Jay Wright is going to leave for the NBA. Not I didn't write all. that. All I was saying is he's going to have this opportunity, and he's going to have to make a choice. And to me, it's not as clear-cut as you're making it sound. Yes, I think he recognizes how good he has it. I, I think the fact that he has won a national title and been as successful as he's been at Villanova, which doesn't have the money machine of the NCAA, of NCAA football That's behind it, yep. gives him an advantage. Like it, it empowers him in a way. Like, hey, I can do it at this level when the odds are against me in a way. But I also think there's a part of him that says that might say, if you know. Um, the, the Mikhail, um, what's his name? Bridges. No, the guy who owns the oh, Nets. Prokhorov. Prokhorov or the Bus family yes. come to him and sure. say, Jay, we want you. I mean, look at the Lakers. You know, once Kobe leaves, you're going to have D'Angelo Russell, yeah. Julius Randle. Um, they're going to be a young team. Yep. And he he gets young men to respond to him very well. well that, so it might be, it, it, that might be enough, coupled with, as Murph said, the money to say, let me give this a shot. And I think... The, idea, the, the idealistic, I don't think he's going. I think you nailed it exactly, that he's not going to go for another college job. What I think will hold, would potentially hold him back from an NBA job is what you just pointed out, which is more, a more pragmatic question, which is does he think he can get in the heads of, an, of the talent on an NBA team and coach them? If it's a young team, the odds are higher. If it's a team full of veterans, he might say he's not sure he can do it. Well, Josh, it's about it's about it's about money. If it doesn't matter what he thinks, he's gonna. It, 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 they, he, he, he may not. Two, let's say he makes two. I think he makes two 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 and a yes, half million dollars a year yes. at Villanova. If the Lakers offer him six and a half, seven and a half million dollars a year, then there's a good chance 
that impacts the way he talks himself into believing that he can connect with these young men. I mean, it's all about like I, I think everyone's the same. We're all the same. It's all about money. Yeah. Like it's 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 money is the number one thing. Like it would be your number one thing if anyone offered you anything. Right, Mike. I think would it, Jonathan? Let's get let's get into the condition of Jonathan Tanwald. <laughs> what 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 motivates you? Boy, how long do you want to be here for? <laughs> to, look to answer the question. To, Murph is right. I, I'm curious so far, about that. No, hold on. We'll get to that in a sec. Murph is right insofar as I don't think Jay would necessarily look at the condition of a particular team's roster in and make that the major determining factor. I asked Josh Hart about this, and, and he made a great point. He said, um, you know, Kobe Bryant is not going to be diving on the floor. Basically, in so many words, he said, Kobe Bryant's not going to dive on the, on the floor for a loose ball because Jay Wright is yelling at him to dive on the floor for a loose ball. Right. He said, but if you're Brad Stevens and you come into the Celtics and you're, it's, it's a roster full of young guys and you're a young guy as a coach and you can relate to those guys, you've got a better chance of succeeding. That, however, is a separate question from whether Jay would necessarily take that into consideration. And that's where Murph's postulate comes in, is if you are the Nets, let's say, who are not going to have a young team for a few years because they don't have any first-round picks for the next couple of years, you're probably going to be signing retread NBA players. And you're going to ask Jay to kind of get through that um, and come out on the other side when you can start to rebuild, you know, that's you're going to really a long-term deal. As a coach, yeah, which a, it's going to be a long-term you know. deal. And B, you're going to have to pay Jay a hell of a lot of money, um, you know, because he's going to get his clock cleaned, you know, for the first two or three years. Um, I mean, that's an entirely separate discussion. I mean, people think the Sixers are in a bad way. Take a look 90 miles to the north to look at those two teams, the Knicks and the Nets. Yeah, I don't, it's, I, I think, I don't know why an NBA team would want Jay Wright. I mean. Because he's the hot name. Because. Right, but, it, but. You can sell him to. I mean, I guess if that's your if that's your goal, like I understand that. But it again, is for like, some teams. Okay, I'm just saying that, like, it doesn't. It would as an NBA owner, it would not. Like, I I don't see the Sixers. Not, not right, not right now. No, 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 no I don't see them at all. motivation for trying to hire Jay Wright back in the day was not winning basketball games. No, and Ed Stefanski was not a good general manager. But the the the, you know, I mean, the unit they have in now just does not strike me as a team. You know, I mean, these guys are I, got, these guys are rational people who make decisions based on. Prokhorov's not quite as rational as you might give him credit for. Is that? I'm talking about I'm talking about the Sixers. Right, but I he ain't I don't going think to the, the Sixers. Sixers. I don't think he's going to the Sixers. Right, but I'm I, no. I'm just I don't saying think Brett Brown's going anywhere. I'm not saying that a team won't won't do it. I just don't understand why they would pay pay that premium for a guy where there were significant questions about his ability to even coach. Because not all those owners are as rational as you make. Them right. Why, why would there be? Why would there be any more questions? Take the flip side of the argument. Why would there be any more questions about what Jay's ability to coach versus Brad Stevens? Because Jay, what, why did everyone pick the one? Why did nobody pick the one over to win the national championship? Talent. I don't know. Because they choke every year. Because they, 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 the perception is that they choke every year. Brad Stevens took. Brad Stevens was regarded as a coach. Jay Wright has always been regarded as a recruiter and program builder. And that's well, okay, not that's okay. not here's, the strength. Here's of, here's another name. No, no, no. Well, well, let's, let's, well, hold on. Well, I I think. I mean, I think I think there was a general. But that, but the general idea of him that way—he's not is, known as an X's and O's genius no, or anything. No, like not until, Ste- not, until like the last three weeks has he not been O's and X's and O's. Right, guy. and Brad Ste- Brad Stevens was because he took a he took a Butler team with, you know, okay, allegedly. But, you can, but but the flip side of that again is that you can be X's and O's savvy and not be able to reach 
NBA players because you you look as young as they do, and Steven certainly does. I mean, there's there's two sides of that coin. There's reason to not hire Jay Wright because you you think he's not technically savvy enough to be an NBA head coach. Mine would be that he w- it wouldn't be worth the price tag. I'm not okay. saying he can't be an All NBA right. coach. But my point is you can you can choose to hire a guy saying he's not technically savvy enough, he's not smart enough with the X's and O's to be a good NBA coach. And you can also decide not to hire the guy because you can say he's technically savvy and is brilliant, but it doesn't matter because he's never going to get the guys to play for him. They won't believe what he's saying, et cetera, et cetera. I would argue that Stevens faced the latter challenge and Jay might face the former I'm challenge. I'm with you. And John Thompson the third for a long time. And there's a lot of people still a lot of think he could be a good NBA coach, even though Georgetown's struggling right now because the way he runs that offense is he could translate it easily to the NBA. Doesn't mean a thing. I mean, it, it, who know who the, the 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 jump is? It's very different kinds of coaching in a lot of different ways. That's my, that's my whole point. The, yeah, but 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 college game. Yeah. What we're if what we're asking is why would somebody hire a college coach? No, no, no. Again, you guys are taking you guys are not mentioning the most important variable. It's the money. Why my, my mine isn't why would somebody hire a college coach? Is why would somebody pay the pre the Jay Wright name brand coming off the championship hot name premium? For a guy who, even in a, even even before you factor in the different I, I styles answer. of basketball, has never been regarded as a, and, and, and in fact was one of the, you know, unspoken reasons why very few people picked Villanova to win this tournament. I, I can answer that. Go ahead. Because if you have somebody who you consider to be a hot marketable name, who that you can then think you can sell tickets and make money with, that's why you hire. Well, it, it, I mean, does that really work in the NBA? I couldn't name yeah. half, half the coaches oh, yeah. in the NBA. Sure. Who? Phil Jackson. The Knicks hired Phil Jackson for that reason. Right, because he was an established NBA. And he's been lousy. But I mean, but the only reason they hired him, they didn't hire him to, I mean, they hired him basically to say, we have Phil Jackson. Doc Rivers in LA? Yeah, you're mentioning NBA coaches that have been. I mean, John Calipari. Um, Right. That's a long time ago. Still now, there's a lot of people who think that there are NBA offers on the table for him. I'm just saying that the NBA is, is not like college football, where the coach is the central figure that you sell. I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're talking, look, look at the, look I've at seen the NFL co- teams try that and fail. Well, I know, but my point is they're different. Like it's not, the coach is not this like guy you put on a poster in, in the NBA. It's, it, I mean, David, I, David, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name for Cleveland? Like, yeah. Blatt. Blatt. like the, none of these guys, people don't hire coaches to market them unless it's like, like you said, an established Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, Doc Rivers, like, you know, that's why you don't see the college jump at all, I don't think, because I think most NBA teams realize that it's not, you know, like, I mean. The, okay, but. but And I think the, you, the reason the that prob- the, but, the, but, the dude from Butler ended up going was because he was regarded as a very good coach. So what what are two teams that run on celebrity and buzz? The, the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn and, the LA Nets and the LA Lakers. And, you know, I think you're under, again, with the Stevens part of it, you're leaving out the motivate. The question with Brad Stevens was never, is he smart enough from a basketball standpoint to figure out the NBA. The question was, can he get these guys, can he get NBA players to listen to him and do what he asks them to do? Now, he's so far has answered that question. To me, if we accept your premise, which I'm not entirely certain is accurate. Well, what is my premise? The premise that Jay Wright is is a technically unsound coach. No, 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 no. My premise is that that is the perception. Okay. And I, number one, I would think that the national championship, and the ha- way they won it, and the way they won it, has gone at least some way yeah. to dispelling that perception. 
And secondly, is, is that Jay brings the inverse, even if you accept it as true, as completely true, that the perception is that he can't X and O you to death. The no, it's op- just not what he's known. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying that's not what he's known for. Okay. Like he's known, his, Jay Wright's greatest strength is being Jay Wright, the guy with the flashy suits, right. the recruiter, the media savvy guy. Like all the, he is a college, all the things that play up well in college and actually can often serve as negatives in the NBA because you don't, you, you've got enough egos on the court where you can't necessarily have your coach being the star of the show. And if, and if he is the star of the show, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, how often I understand does that what you're work? saying. I mean, you know, there have been flashy coaches to win NBA titles. I know, I'm um, not looking for exceptions. I'm just explaining why I, I don't I don't necessarily know that a team would be a wise or even that they would consider it. Let me ask you guys this: Why did Billy Donovan go to the NBA? I don't know, but you might know more about that than I do. I mean, same I think kind he's of thing. One of, I think he's one of the names that you're looking for in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they hired him, and he seems to be doing fine. Um, all I'm saying is that if if the perception is that Jay is a motivator who struggles to X and O, then that's just simply the inverse of the problem that Brad that of the perception of Brad Stevens that he can X and O, but he may not yeah, but reach guys. What I'm saying is all the things that you're you're, you're talking in concrete. Where this is all relative. Like Brad Stevens, the Celtics probably had to pay Brad Stevens a lot less to lure him away from Butler than somebody would have to pay. Jay I don't know. I'd have to look at his contract. He got he got know. a pretty good contract, from what I understand. Right, if I remember correctly. Right, but what I'm saying is he, he also wasn't making, he wasn't he making was... two and a half million dollars a year at Butler. No. Whereas so Jay Wright because they weren't in the Big East yet. I don't think. Well, I know, right. but that's my point. Right. Like that's it's it's Brad Stevens had more incentive. Yes. Immediately to yes. leave for the NBA yes. because but there was Butler can probably is not a school that can afford to pay a coach mm-hmm. two and a half million dollars. Yeah, a year. but just because he might have more incentive doesn't mean Jay wouldn't have any incentive. No, I think what I'm saying is is that. You have to attach a value to this this question you're talking about. Like, Jay, you're saying Brad Stevens had as big of questions about whether he could relate the NBA players as Jay Wright faces questions as to whether he can coach. My point is that question is less significant in Brad Stevens' pay, case because if you have to pay less to get him away from there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can... Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I understand do. that. It's, but But in the NBA, with the money these owners are making, I'm not sure... That they are looking at it that they, they they may be a guy who just said there may be an owner out there who says I know there may be I'm just know. saying I wouldn't be that owner okay. I don't think well, that's, that's fine but I, I I think I think we've gone around in circles yeah on that this. doesn't mean that those owners don't exist right. just because right. you wouldn't be I, one of them I never so. said they were okay. let, let me Mike yeah well, you you mentioned this earlier and so I'm going to bring it up now Brad Stevens six years twenty two million by the way all right right so that's what. Three, three, three and change. Yeah. yeah, so you would have to pay Jay Wright probably more than three and change oh, yeah. to get him away from Villanova. That's my sure. whole point. All right. I looked this up. I do research every once in a while for this show. Villanova is the first Catholic school since 1985 to win the national championship. They are the, I'll go with you first one better. big five school to win the national championship also since 1985. Mm-hmm. Only the third private school other than Duke five times and Syracuse once, to win a national championship. And, as you mentioned earlier, the first team since 1985 that doesn't have a BCS conference football team attached to it Mm -hmm. to win a national championship. From the people who I know at Villanova, and -hmm. I've talked to many times about this over the years. Like what kind of people are we talking about? Within within the athletic department, within the university. 
when Villanova was at the time discussing moving up its football program mm -hmm. to 1A, whether they were going to go to the ACC or whatever it was going to be, mm -hmm. Jay Wright was one of the biggest backers of it because he believed that it needed to happen to bring in the resources right. in theory that would have required to keep them nationally competitive in basketball. That right. was the biggest incentive to do it. Right. And I think that sentiment was felt by a number of people in power at the time. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. Right. Vince Nicastro, the AD back then, looked at the situation, looked at PPL Park, the possibility of expanding it, the sense that potentially you wouldn't get 35,000 people forever for games against South Florida the mm -hmm. way you would against West Virginia or, right. or Pittsburgh. And they didn't pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. They went with the now the Big East when right. they when they and the American Athletic Conference schools split in right. half. Right. And now they've gone and won a national championship. Right. I, today is Wednesday. On Tuesday afternoon, I was down at the airport to shoot some video of the plane landing and one of the planes that came along with the players had fans and administrators and Father Peter Donahue was the president mm -hmm. of Villanova on the plane, and Father Donahue was involved in the decision also at mm -hmm. the time. And, he, and I asked him, you know, doesn't this say something about the decision that the Big East made that it really is possible to do this? It takes, mm -hmm. it takes the confluence of perfect circumstances, absolutely, sure. but it can be done. And he said, oh, definitely. For us as the 10 schools that are part of the Big East— this is a great accomplishment for us because we really wanted to focus on basketball and what we could do as basketball schools. That was really the emphasis we had. We're all from rather large metropolitan areas and similar sizes and shapes of schools. So for us, for the Big East to reach this pinnacle is quite exciting. Mm -hmm. We don't often like to talk about a conference winning national championship because it's not fair. There are dregs at the bottom of the ACC who had no business being anywhere near a title right. game in the way that Carolina was. And I think that the listeners know that all three of us have pretty much the same position on this topic. But nonetheless, the Big East in this form, Mike, did go out and win a national championship, and yes. I think that is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Look, it it's it's a nice—the Big East—this is going to come off the wrong way, but the Big East now is a nice idea. It's a really cool idea the, that you would have a conference in today's landscape of college sports— devoted specifically to basketball, that its identity is tied up in basketball, that um, its schools, from an athletic standpoint, look at it as their mission in a way, which is weird uh, to use that word with respect to sports, but it's true. And um, But that doesn't change the reality on the ground either, which is that it's still more of a struggle for these schools to keep up um, with the ACC and the Big 12 and the Big 10 and the Pac-10. 12 and all that stuff so um can it be done yes you know was this a moment in time kind of thing that that may not happen again for a while i think that's true too i think that's true too i mean look you know it's it's look look at the look at the tournament's ratings year after year after year everybody loves based on who watches it everybody loves the upsets the first weekend and then everybody wants to see the big boys after that and that's the way it goes. And, you know, nationally, there was a 14% drop in TV ratings for this year's championship game compared to last year. There were two reasons for three reasons for that. One, One was, was it went to cable. It went to cable. Two was that Duke wasn't playing in it, and three was that Kentucky wasn't playing in it. That's, but that's my point, is that Duke and Kentucky are national programs and are going to have those essential advantages. Villanova is not. I sure thought, though, that Carolina was. 
Yeah, but Carolina's only one of two and in the teams in the final. And Villanova doesn't have a national following. Just doesn't. No, I agree that they don't. I just I just doesn't. I, I find it fascinating that you could twist the argument. I don't think this is an entire flair argument, but somebody will make the case that Wisconsin has a bigger following in basketball. Nobody will make that case because it's, it's not true. It's not going to be argued ever. So you, you think it's it, not true? You, okay. All no. Right. Wisconsin. The the Big Ten schools are about football. The the Big Twelve schools are about football. No, I mean then Villanova. The, the basketball following of Wisconsin in terms of driving TV ratings is the bigger than the basketball following of Villanova. Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. That's my point. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So what's the point? So what's the point? My my point still stands that. You know, you have thousands more alumni at any big no, state I, school. I'm with, I'm with the point. I'm not disputing the point. I'm just... Well, then what are we talking about? Yeah, what are we talking <laughs> about? I just... I. What are we talking about? Look, the Big East, like I said, the Big East is a great idea, and I like, I like that as much as I like the idea of the Patriot League or the Ivy League for different reasons. But that doesn't mean that now the Big East will be raised in stature or will suddenly become a national title contender every single year. It's... It, 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 it's just out I, in I just, a lot of ways. I, but I, I think it is. And you're going to call me out for being naive on this. I know you are. Oh, just yeah. let me say it. <laughs> I think it is to Villanova's credit that they are comfortable in their own skin now in a way that UConn isn't, in a way that I'm not convinced that Syracuse is, although they're making a lot of money. Um, and the only reason why Rutgers is is because they're making a lot of money. Maybe. Um, I mean, well, 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 good, let's, good for let's, Nova. Let's relax a little bit first. Good of all. for Nova. This is not like they're we'll still spending a lot of money on basketball. Yeah. Sure, they and they're are. still sure they're, they, are. they they are still participants in a corrupt uh, pyramid scheme that funnels money to athletic departments from the general population of the United States of America, as evidenced by the fact that this game was on TBS this year. It was moved from CBS to TBS simply as a money grab for people to. For for Comcast cable or sorry, not Comcast for, for big 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 monolith cable co, uh, Acme cable co to force its subscribers to subscribe to tiers of cable that cost fifty more than fifty dollars more per month in the basic package oh, so they can watch true. right. Sure. So but so Villanova is a is a participant in this in this scheme and I don't I don't know that we yeah. should be holding them up as as um, you know vestiges of of sporting innocence. Yeah, no. no. In the modern day, I mean, the Patriot League. Yeah, let's talk. I think everything. Patriot League has scholarships too now. So. Well, I think everything. I think everything should be structured like the Ivy League and the Patriot League, and I and, and the Big East is not. The Big East is still a revenue. This is still a massive, massive, massive business that that Villanova has done quite well at. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I just. Let's not. Let's not go overboard with with what this means to to humanity or anything. I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're like that's like Villanova still costs sixty thousand dollars a year to go, and people are still kids are still bankrupting themselves to go to college and yeah i guess they got to watch a game winning shot but like i'm not sure that this that this this validates the system you know because villanova doesn't play the uh, the only the only the only narrow point that it validates for me knowing a lot of people who are involved in the decision and then we can then, go back so to talking about the you're Eagles. looking at it and saying isn't it nice that villanova has an understanding of what kind of institution athletically it is because there are a lot of bigger ones than them that don't that's fine Wait, well that's, i also but, think there's a lot of smaller ones that understand that they shouldn't be in the business of college basketball at all and you know would not sure, you know what i mean like there's sure. a reason why lafayette is never going to be where villanova is because lafayette sure emphasizes academics more than they do basketball but i, I i'm w- i'm with you on that i completely agree with you on that point so what's our point 
The Big East is just the same as all these others. They just don't play football. There are some schools that have gone in the football direction that seem strangely uncomfortable in their own skin. I don't even know what that means. It means that they are less bad than the te- than the schools. You're, you're 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 lumping, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You're you're saying everybody who's involved in college basketball and college football, um, and and you know engaged yeah. in the system, yes. is corrupt. Jonathan is saying yes. There the are, football there are, people are more corrupt. The, the football people are That's more fine. corrupt. But That's let's fine. not like let's not. But that doesn't mean let's Villan- not laud yeah. Villanova for like when I say corrupt. Like if someone's just listening, to I think it's a fine word. But go ahead. Yeah. Like I think our entire, I think frankly, I think our entire higher education system is corrupt. Yes. But we've got a trillion dollar student debt problem in this country, and schools like Villanova, frankly, and LaSalle, where I went, and and all these private for profit, uh, technically non for profit, but proprietary schools, uh, private proprietary schools, are one of the big reasons why the uh, this one of the big reasons why Bernie Sanders is pulling down eighty four percent approval ratings for people younger than 30 years old because there's a trillion dollar debt load hanging around an entire generation's head and all we ever talk about is oh good villanova hit a shot you know the public now schools let's now let's everybody well, that's, that's now let's everybody school, take yeah. out massive amounts of student loans and go to villanova well so that's what we we'll talk about basketball. because we cover sports right. i mean that doesn't right much. i know but, but but as soon as we start drifting into the territory of like oh you know villanova city on a hill like that's when I understand that. Right. I'm not that's saying the only reason I br- yeah. that's the only yeah. reason I brought I'm not, it up. Yeah. I'm not trying to put them on a hill. I'm trying to praise them for one decision that they made, independent of all other decisions. And I think Temple puts a lot of debt on its student body too, even though it's a public oh, university. They all, the whole the whole school does. And Temple's I Temple has generated plenty of plenty of plenty of airtime on this. Yes, podcast. they have. Yeah, they have. They have. To the point where people think that I hate them. I don't they, they they thought that I hated them before they thought that you hated them, and I know they think Mike hates them too. I think that's gone away now. They love me, Everybody but uh, but yeah. So like, I don't know. What who are the Eagles going to draft? I would say we'll be talk we'll be back to talk <laughs> about the Eagles right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is this concludes the college basketball. No, I mean like look to put on to, to put put a bow on this thing. My whole point in in various as I did probably not make very well, but but in various scattershot moments throughout this podcast is that look it was a moment it was a good moment smarty jones was a great moment it's one of those moments people will think about they'll remember where they were yada 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 but at the end of the day people have probably spent most of this podcast wishing we would start talking about the eagles and maybe we should do that right now well we're already at an hour oh we are yeah all right then let's not do that let's wait till uh let's leave them hanging for a week what, yeah so the nfl draft is april 26th and let's just think out loud here because because sure. you're you're uh we're going to have to do a podcast before the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And it's April 20th. What t- what's today's date? Sixth. So we so have we the, three so weeks. 13th, left, 20th. Yeah. So probably the 20th, we should do an NFL draft extravaganza. We should. Right? We should. And uh, yeah, because by then things will be clear. The uh, There will be far more rumors. Um, there will be more people calling Carson Wentz the second coming of Johnny Unitas. Right, because that's like something I want to like. There's a very, there's still a heck of a lot of focus on the Eagles bring in a rookie quarterback and, and like to the point where people think that they're like this national, this, for whatever reason, this, that the national, there's starting to be some like this national churn, um, pin, putting the Eagles in conversations for trading up just like, and it's just like one of these weird pre-drafts stirring the pot is a profitable enterprise. Yeah. yeah but it's like weird how it like, it's, there's just like this assumption that, that, you know, the Eagles are, are plotting this. 
and it, it flies in the face of all logic to me but I feel like that's worthy of discussion. I feel like the way they've rebuilt this offensive line is worthy of discussion. I'm not. I'm. I'm curious what their plan is with Jason Kelsey. I'd like I to think. know when they're going to sign Fletcher Cox. Why though? All right. So that's that's another point worthy of discussion. I hear this. I, I hear people have like taken up Fletcher Cox as their like their like cause whatever. He's they're, not a cause for me. I just like, want to know when they're going to sign him. But why? What does it matter? Because if they they keep signing all these other players, and but, but he's not going to be. I mean, if he becomes he's not a free agent if, yet. If he, he's not going to be a free agent. If he becomes a free agent, they can franchise tag him. Like I don't I don't understand what like why is Fletcher Cox become this like populist movement amongst. I don't know why it's a populist movement. I just want to know what the cap space is. I think That's it's all I, I think about. it's a function of Philadelphia sports fans and some people in the media, a looking for something to talk about and b looking for something to worry about. Okay, there we go. I think that's sure, fine. I think that there's fine. a, yeah, there's this. Like, he's a good player, and we don't want him to get away. And why haven't they signed him yet? Because he's a good player, and we don't want him to get and away. My, my and my only question is, I'm not a capologist, but they're signing a lot of guys, and I wonder where he's going. That's my only question: is where he's going to fit out of the cap. That's all. That's my only. Well, all I got. We get they get time to figure that out. All right, they get time to figure. So, it. have you gotten? I mean, is there anything else? We should probably let you turn this over to you to end this. Is there anything else you would like to say about college basketball? Because we will not be talking about it for. Months. Months. No. Really? That's it? That's it? That was, That's you got? That was so T.S. Eliot, you know, like going out not with a bang but a whimper. You never told not, me. Not even a J. Wright bang. Just if, a, if just I, a, if I, you if never I, told me what means the world to you. My money, my as Cameron. <laughs> well, what, what's your motivation? My motivation... I've got I still don't know no what I still don't know what But seriously, if, someone, if you were making, if you were making, you know, let's say if you were making $100,000 a year, yeah, right. And some All right, well let's just say it. And someone came up to you and offered you $600,000 a year. To do what? I well that's what I'm saying. What 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 would you not do for that? Like is there Because I will say this, part of this problem is problem. All right, all right, here's my here's my answer to your question. My father was a lawyer for a living. Okay. And still is. In fact, his birthday's coming up this week. Well, tell him I said happy birthday. I will. Happy birthday, um, Mr. T. Does he listen to podcasts? No. Not, well, he does, but not this one. Why not? He's not really a sports hmm. type. He also is not from Philadelphia at all. So, um, I feel like we're touching on some issues here. The, he worked a lot, and he still does, and he made very good money, and it put me through private school and all forth, and I'm very grateful for that. But... I noticed growing up as a kid, and I've told him this, so it's not any great secret. I noticed growing up, he would always come home at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night because he was working really late. And I didn't want to be a lawyer and work really late like that every night. You wanted to be a sports writer and work later? Wow. Well, I ended up, <laughs> I, well the funny thing is, I, naturally, I ended up working later. Yeah. You know. For no money. Right, exactly. But I enjoy what I do. We're really we're really peeling away the onion here of Don Tannehill. Wow, I, mean, I think we're really hitting. You're gonna you're stuff. gonna peel away the onion um, to the start right. No, no, no. Point where I start talking about the fact that the U.S. women's soccer team is in town this weekend, and yeah, that's when the show has so, 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 But here's my thing, like, and this is part of my problem with my generation, and it's my parent, it's our parents' generation's fault because, like, guess what? It, jobs weren't invented for you to get fulfilled. That's right. With. They were invented to make they were invented to make money. Like this whole notion that like. Follow your heart. It's why we, to tie everything together, this is why we have a student debt problem because you know, parents, well, go to art school, honey. Follow your heart. Be happy. My parents worked and I don't want you to be miserable like them. Well, guess what? Your parents worked so they could put you through school and 
following your heart mean a lot of times mean you end up living back with them <laughs> yeah. you know like we, we, have, we have kids at villanova taking out 60 and Lasalle taking out sixty thousand dollar year loans to fund uh, community sorry lynn texter but yeah. communication degrees the most worthless degree in the entire history of the world just about no no offense i mean seriously though but whatever but i mean like you have these like people are you know i like communication i like journalism rah 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 well, guess what journalism you know like it might not be a growth industry and i don't know that i would rec- I, if someone came to me and said can i borrow sixty thousand dollars from you so i can go get a journalism degree i would not give it to them that's <laughs> well look as somebody as the only person in the room with children um the Please three proceed. the three words that, that we know of yeah <laughs> the three words that uh my wife and I utter to each other whenever this topic comes up all the time are online education. Right. Um, and no, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't spend $60,000 a year to send my, either of my sons to any college to go learn, you know, study philosophy to not or, get any skills that translate into skill, money. We right. live in a market economy. All of us choose to live in a market economy and everything has a price tag and following your heart. Unfortunately, does not there's not a strong demand for what your heart wants. That's right. And I look, I can say I was very lucky to come along at a time when I was able to do what I wanted to do and and make a right. decent living out of it. Um, but that's not true of everybody. And and you're right. I think Murph is right in that more students and their parents ought to be mindful of that. And there is there does seem to be now we're getting way into like millennials and and dislike right. for them. But there does seem to be something about the millennial generation where they're a, like, yeah. I'm not getting to do what I want to do for a living. Therefore, my life is ruined. Right. But that's the parents who created right. that. Like right. it was like, oh, you know, let's, let's cater to everything you want. Here's the thing. All our grand like all my grandparents were engineers because you know what? Engineers got paid like there was like that, that they knew that that was a job. Engineering is not a fun job. Accounting is not a fun job. Like, guess what? It makes money. It's a skill that's in demand. And. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that we uh, like folks from. I don't consider myself a. I was the original. I was an OG millennial, <laughs> class of 2000. But like, I think that I think that uh, I don't know. I just think that we discount. We we don't take for whatever reason our generation. I'm talking about the three of us in this mm-hmm. room was not raised to really consider money all that much. Do you know what I'm saying? Consider money as the most important thing in life, and maybe it's not. But the fact of the matter is, human nature is that money is the most important thing or resources well, is the or, most important thing. Or, and I think that when you take that out of the equation with regards to Jay Wright and say that, well, he just wants, he's going to follow his heart and stay at Villanova. I think that like just ignores the reality of the world. And if someone offers again, offered you $600,000 to come home late at night, I think you would seriously consider it rather than making, you know, whatever. I, again, as, as the one person in this room who has children that we know of, I absolutely would consider it. Absolutely. Right. Would I be happy with it? No, maybe not. Be, there's other areas of life you can be you can get your happiness from. Like there's yeah. no reason we have to get it from work, you know? Right. Yeah. But it does make life better when you can. Yeah, absolutely. I it mean, does I, make life better. I hope when you I'm can. doing this for the rest of my life. But but at the same time, you know, if I could do it over again, I would I would probably try to get a I would pay attention in math class and try <laughs> to get some kind of degree that 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 you know there's a demand for. Maybe like five or ten years from now, there'll be college majors for like podcasting or. There's probably there's probably there's probably, probably, right there's, probably, there's probably universities that yeah. major in podcast, but I don't know. I we're we're, we're completely off the rails now. Anyway, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. But this and in is, case uh, anyway, in case anybody yeah. is worried, my dad does love his job, which okay. is why he's still doing. <laughs> so, it. so anyway, look. does he love you? That's what we're yes, that's what does. we're concerned. That's the okay. that's the next right. podcast. We'll get into that. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, congratulations to the Villanova Wildcats. 
um, for winning a championship in a corrupt system. And we will talk to you all next week.